In my family, we love going to the library. There's lots and lots of books in our house, but there are even more books in the library. And for some reason, the library books hold great interest for my children. And so we will go and they will bring books and I will just go, okay, yep, put them on there and we will, and I'll just give my credit, my, ha, library card. I was going to say credit card. Isn't it great? It's a library card. Those books don't cost me anything. I give them my library card and we take home 50 books. And so they, you know, float around the house and sometimes they're on the, we have a shelf. This is the library shelf. This is where the books from the library go when you're done using them. And if you've been around my kids, you know that never works. (laughs) They are only on the library shelf when I put them there. But otherwise, they're floating all over the house. Sometimes they are in beds and sometimes they are under couches and sometimes they are all over the place. And so, like yesterday, you get the email that says your library books are due. You have to begin looking for all of these library books. And you first you check the library shelf just in case. And then you start looking around the living room and you start looking in the beds and you start looking. And once you have exhausted all of the places where the library books should be or, or could be, then you start looking in the places that I don't know why they would be there, but we have to look anyway. And so you look under the beds and you look behind the couches and you look behind the refrigerator and there it is behind the piano. And so you find yourself reaching behind the piano, straining, knowing it's right there. You just, you just can't quite reach it. And you know how that's always the case. I have long arms. They, it should be within my grasp, at least from one side or from the other side of the piano. But it's right there in the middle where you can just barely get your fingertips on it. And so you are straining, groaning, trying to reach this. And that feeling... That feeling where it's there and you know it's there, but you can't quite reach it, that's the feeling that we're talking about this morning. So would you turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 8? And we're going to start in Romans 8.18. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience." We last week were looking at uh, the first couple of verses in this eight, eighteen through uh, twenty two and we saw that um, that creation is yearning e- eagerly waiting for uh, us those who are the children of God, to uh, be revealed in glory. all of creation is waiting for that because creation itself has been subjected to futility. To not be able to proclaim the glory of God as it desires, but has been subjected to this and, and can't 
can't fulfill its calling completely. And so it, it's, it's groaning, it's waiting. It says that it, it's groaning uh, um, together in the pains of childbirth all the way up until now. From, from the time of the fall when sin entered the world up until now, all of creation has been groaning. Groaning. Waiting. When will this time come? Can it please be over now? And the answer is not yet. And then he goes on to say, and not only the creation, but we ourselves. But we ourselves. We ourselves are groaning Inside, if, if creation is waiting for that time, if, if the, the rest of creation is looking at us and going, when will it be time? When will they be glorified? When will they be uh, what they are intended to be? If even creation is looking on and expecting them that, then how much more are we expecting that? Waiting for that. Groaning for that. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, as I was thinking about that, the, the first fruits thing, you can't help but miss it. That you don't say first fruits very often. Right? That, that's not a thing that comes out in everyday conversation. Oh yeah, I was just uh, thinking about my first fruits. And somebody would look at you and go, "Your what?" You know, my first fruits. The the very first that came out of my garden, the the first fruits. No, I'm not familiar with this. It, it's not something that we talk about often, but but in the context of scripture when you see first fruits, oh, automatically you go back to the Old Testament. Because in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, you are told about first fruits. What are you supposed to do with those first fruits? When your crops begin to yield, when your garden begins to yield, when you begin to get the produce, all of your hard work, all of your labor and toil is now producing something and you get those first fruits, what are you supposed to do with those? You're supposed to take those and you're supposed to give them as an offering to the Lord. You take those first fruits and you give them as an offering to the Lord and it, what you're doing in, say, in giving them to the Lord is you're saying, Lord, I believe that this comes from you. And so I am going to take the first of what I have gathered and I am going to give it to you in anticipation that you will continue to provide and the rest of the harvest will come in. I'm going to take the first fruits and I'm going to give that to the Lord in anticipation of the guarantee that the rest of the harvest is going to come in. And so in, the, in light of that, in that context then, what he's saying is we have the first fruits of what? For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly. It's not the whole thing. We haven't, we haven't received the whole thing yet, but we have received the part. 
Just, just a bit of the anticipation with the promise that the rest of it is coming. But we have the Holy Spirit right now. For those who believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes right then and you get this taste. This beginning, this anticipation of the glory that is to come. We all know we haven't received the whole thing yet. We're not there yet. In fact, in verse 18, the place that this started was, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to come. He, he starts this whole context in the context of suffering. Right? You might think, oh, hey, I've got, I've got the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, and so, woo! That's the beginning of glory right there. But he has to tell us that as a reminder because of the suffering that we're going through currently. As we look and go, wait a second, this is not the way the world is supposed to be. Life isn't supposed to be this hard. How come I have to struggle like this? Why aren't things working out the way that I had planned? Why is life so frustrating? And we find ourselves in, in that place, in that context, and in that context, then he is reminding us, you're groaning. You're groaning. In anticipation of the thing that is to come. And because right now, all you've got is the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. But just like when you give the first fruits of your produce to the Lord in anticipation that He is going to return back to you and, and, and uh, provide the whole harvest, so you now have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit in expectation that you're going to receive the whole thing. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. It's a promise sealed by the Holy Spirit within you that this is coming. And so I consider, he said in verse 18, that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. But nevertheless, as all of creation is growing, uh, groaning in angst, in frustration, wondering, am I going to survive this? So we are groaning also. Verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. The redemption of our bodies. Now, it's interesting that he says that, right, that we groan eagerly, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, because uh, didn't in verse 15, didn't he already talk about that? In Romans 8, verse 15, just a few verses back, he said, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have already received the spirit of adoption. We talked about that two weeks ago, about how we have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. My God and my Heavenly Father. We've, we've already received the Holy Spirit that, that uh, adopts us. So why then does He say that we're groaning inwardly as we eagerly await that? We groan inwardly as we, eagerly, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. 
the redemption of our bodies. Just like creation is groaning because not everything is the way that it is supposed to be. There are thorns and thistles and things growing up where where there should be great produce and beauty. And, and, And everything is not the way it's supposed to be, but it anticipates a day where it will be. So we groan inwardly as as we are awaiting the the transformation of these stupid bodies that we're stuck in. And, and the frustrations and the, the things that lead us back into sin and all of the things that, that keep us from being totally joyful and delighting in the presence of God and glorifying Him with everything that we have. All of those things, we're, we're, we're just waiting that, that, that this would be done. Here's how, what I've noticed. It, This is just an observation on my part. This is not Scripture saying, thus saith the Lord. This is just me saying, this is what I've noticed. I've noticed that young people tend to groan about the frustrations of creation. And older people tend to groan about the frustrations of the body. It's just an observation. But, but young people are looking at the way the world is broken and they're going, this is not right. Look at how all of creation is broken. God, when are you going to restore it so it doesn't look like this anymore? And as you get a little bit older, you begin to go, God, this is broken. And when are you going to change this so that it doesn't look like this anymore? It's this, it's this groaning that we expect, we anticipate that something is yet to come, but it hasn't come yet. We groan inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We're not going to be stuck in these bodies forever. They're going to be remade like creation. It's going to be a whole different thing. But right now it's not. Right now, it's frustrating. I I want you to notice, too. I've read it a couple of times, but I'm going to read it one more time, and we'll see if you catch it this time. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We are groaning, but he's very specific. Inwardly, within ourselves. Why does he have to say that? Because when I'm groaning, I tend to tell you about it. When it's hard and when it hurts and when I'm annoyed, when I've injured myself at basketball again, I tell you about it. I can't play basketball. Six weeks, eight weeks. Guess what? I'm back at basketball again. It'll only be a matter of time. My wife assures me. (laughs) And I'll get to take another mandatory break. But when when something is, is hurting on me, when something is injured on me, I tend to tell you about those things. When, when something is, is hurting on you, it, 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 you, you complain about those things. When you see the, the things around the world that are broken and things, we, we tend to groan and complain about those things. But this is a, in, we are groaning inwardly. This is not an external complaining about the glory that we don't have that we think that we should have. 
the frustration that, hey, come on, this isn't supposed to be this way. Although that's the way that it comes out most often. This is an inward groaning in anticipation that it won't be this way forever. It's a yearning for what is not yet, not a complaining that not yet is not now. But even as I say that, it's a chastisement to myself. Travis, why do you complain? And then I have this inner dialogue with myself. Travis, why do you complain about the way the circumstances are? And I tell myself, because they shouldn't be this way. Because it hurts, because it's frustrating, because it's annoying. Yeah, but you don't expect it to be this way. It's not going to be this way until glory. Why are you complaining about what's happening now instead of not expecting, yearning for what is to come? I don't know. I don't know, but I think that's why he puts it in here. That we're groaning inwardly because the reason that we're groaning is because we're reaching for that thing. We know that it's coming. We have the first fruits of the Spirit within us. We just don't have the full thing yet and we're longing, waiting for that. And it's not here yet. But even though we're suffering now, it's not going to compare to what we get when we get to glory. It's barely worth mentioning. Barely worth complaining about. My kids sometimes will complain about how they're tired. What? What do you mean you're tired? Yeah, I only slept for like 11 hours last night. We put you to bed early, fully fed. You slept late, got up, and read a book. If you wanted to go back to bed, you could have gone back to Why are you telling me you're tired? You, you don't have any idea what tired is. Why are you complaining about that? We groan inwardly, but we are eagerly anticipating. We wait eagerly for adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. This, this we're, we have already been adopted in part, right? The Holy Spirit is within us already as the first fruits of the adoption that we fully anticipate, but we haven't received the whole thing yet. I, I told you a couple weeks ago that adoption is really big in my family, and as I, I was reading this, I went, oh yeah, I know it exactly what this looks like. I haven't experienced it myself, but I've been really close to uh, my brother and to my, my sister as they've been ad- adopting. And um, they did overseas adoptions. And what happens with that is, is that you have to go through all of the paperwork and all of the things and spend all of the money and do all of the traveling to go there and come back and go there and come back and go there. And you know, that's my child. Officially, legally, my kid. You are part of my family. But they're not home yet. They're still over there. In the old country, rather than the home country. 
And so you have to go and you have to get them and you have to bring them back. And in the meantime, the kid is over there and they know. They don't fully get it yet because all of their experience has been here. All of their experience, their whole life has been orphanage. They know that person who came to visit, that's my parent. That's my dad. That's my mom. My life is going to be completely different. But it isn't yet. That's where we find ourselves right now. Oh, I don't even know fully how it's going to be changed. I don't even know fully what it's going to look like. I just, I just know that right now I have a new name. I have a new identity, but I'm still in the same place. But someday, that's going to be totally different. I'm going to be in a completely different place. I'm going to be in this family, and they're going to love me, and they're going to identify me. I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a new last name. I'm, they're going to love me, and I don't even know what all of that looks like yet. I just know that when they came, they hugged me, and they loved me, and they said, you are our kid, and we're bringing you home soon. And that's what we're, we're yearning for. In the, in the midst of, of the suffering, in the, the midst of everything else, we are just waiting for this, eagerly anticipating it. For in this hope we were saved. Verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? Once, once you see it, once you, once you have it right there in front of you, you're no longer hoping for it anymore. You, you, you have it. The, the joy, the delight in, in having it has already begun. It's right there. The, the hope it comes before that. Before you get to that point where you have it already, you're just looking and going, I can't, I can't see it, I don't know what it looks like yet, but I, I know it's there. I know it's there. I have this promise that it's there and I'm just, I'm hoping for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm anticipating it. But, but once, it, once it's here already in front of you, that's not hoping anymore. Not, now I'm already beginning to, to delight in it. In fact, uh, Winnie the Pooh talks about this. I, I love Winnie the Pooh, one of my favorite books. But Winnie, Winnie the Pooh talk, talks about this when Christopher Robin asks him, what do you like best in the world? He said, well, said Pooh, what I like best, and then he had to stop and think, because although eating honey was a very good thing to do, there was a moment just before you began to eat it, which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what that was called. There's that moment right when you have it, you're no longer hoping, you're no longer anticipating, you've already got it, and now you're just about to dive in. And Winnie the Pooh is like, that's, that's the best moment ever. That's even better than the eating of the honey. It's, it's the, right, the moment right beforehand. That, that, but that's not hope. That's not what we're doing right now. We, we aren't quite there yet. We're still over here going, I can't, I can't get my hands on it. I can't get my hands on it. I'm, I'm stretching, I'm reaching, I'm straining, I'm wanting, but I can't get my hands on this thing that I so desperately want. Oh! 
That was externally, but for you it's internally. It's coming. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We eagerly anticipate it with a steadfast endurance. You're just hanging on, you're gritting through, and some of you need that encouragement today because you're struggling. And you need to know, you, you just hang on to the hope, the glory is coming. Hang on to the hope, because the glory is coming. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing within you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of adoption is already within you and is whispering, you are God's child. You are God's child. I know this stinks right now. I know there's, it hurts right now. I know this isn't what you're hoping for, but that's okay because it doesn't even begin to compare with the glory that is to come. You are God's child. And it's coming. Sometimes when you're in the midst of the struggle, it's really hard to keep focused on that. It's really hard to keep pushing, to keep straining, to keep hoping. Because the struggle right now is so difficult. There was a time that I went out camping. Uh, we, I was in the Boy Scouts and my dad was on this particular trip. And um, we were out at the beach and there were three or four boys who took off running. And my dad and I were trying to catch up with them because I really wanted to hang out with those guys and they were just a little bit older than me and so that's why I really wanted to hang out with them. And my, my dad was running alongside me and we're running along the beach. It was like one of those chariots of fire kinds of things. Very Boy Scouts. Anyway, we're, we're running along the, the, the beach and I started getting tired because the beach just goes forever. And they're running and we're running and it doesn't seem like we're making any progress on catching up with them. And so I went, ah, oh! and I, I'm, I'm get, getting out of breath and I'm starting to struggle and dad goes, are you getting tired? Yeah. So are they. Just push a little bit longer. The beach goes forever and they are running and we are not catching up. He goes, just, they're tired too. They're about to give up. And they look back and they see us still running and sure enough, it wasn't maybe 30 seconds and they stopped running. The Holy Spirit within you is going, are you tired? Are you struggling? You're a child of God. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. It's right there. Because the pain that you're going through right now does not begin to compare with the glory that is to come. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with patience. Let's put another way, Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 4 writes it this way. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we were still in this tent we groan, being burdened, Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that that which is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Isn't that a great picture? Isn't that a great picture? That we are groaning right now because we are wasting away and this life seems so futile and the suffering is so persistent But this is just mortal and decaying while life itself is building and is about to bust out. Because we have the Spirit within us. And so this new life, this this, uh, eternal life has already begun in part. And what it will be, we haven't seen yet. But we know it's going to be glorious. So with steadfast hope and longing with eager anticipation and steadfast endurance. Reach for that. Wait for that. Cling to the hope. Because it's coming. And it's going to be beyond comparison with anything that we're doing right now. And I just want to whisper that in your ear this week. Keep going. Keep going. Because you're going to get there. You are a child of God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded of that in the struggle. We need to be reminded of that in the pain. We need to be reminded of that in the futility. We need to be reminded of that when things aren't going right. We need to be reminded of that when the relationships are broken when friends and family seem to turn against us. We need to be reminded of that when it doesn't seem like we have the provisions that we need. And so we thank you that we already have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I ask this morning for those that are here, would you fill them with your Spirit? Would you whisper to them that they are a child of God? that they might continue to endure with steadfast hope of the glory that is to come. We ask for this in your name. Amen.